Welcome to High Truths on Drugs and Addiction, where national experts bring you facts and answer your questions. I am your host, Dr. Onit Lev, an emergency and addiction doctor who has served at the White House and still practices on the front lines. Right here on High Truths, you will learn from experts, hear stories from the emergency department, and listen to people who have struggled from addiction. Friends, fentanyl is plaguing America. It has infected all illicit drugs, from cocaine to meth, counterfeit pills, and even marijuana. If you're around someone who may be using drugs, you should carry naloxone, the opioid reversal agent. Carrying naloxone for drugs is like carrying an EpiPen for allergies. If you need a prescription for naloxone, you should have one, no questions asked. That is why I'm offering a free prescription to anyone who needs one. Come visit me on hightruths.com to learn more about the show, submit a question, or download a free prescription for naloxone. And if you like the show, do me a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. Your stars are very much appreciated and go a long way in supporting the program. Today's episode is sponsored by Isaac, the International Academy on the Science and Impact of Cannabis. Visit their website, isaacone.org, I-A-S-I-C-1.org to follow the science on marijuana. This is a special episode of High Truths on Drugs and Addiction featuring cannabis victims from California. I'm your host, Dr. Ronit Lev. Why am I so passionate on the issue of marijuana? I won't tell you. I will show you. You will meet in this episode parents who have suffered from the unimaginable horror of losing a child, children who died because of cannabis addiction. There are brave parents who dare to speak against an industry that killed or destroyed their loved ones and continues to attack them. There are some very cruel people out there who bully these parents, judge them, hitting them while they're down. Yet despite this pain and added misjustice of society, they choose to share their story. They speak out to spare other parents from the agony of their own fate. They represent hundreds and thousands of parents who have suffered similar tragedy across the globe. Here is their story. My name is Roya Motumidi. I'm the mother of Daniel Reeder, who um, took uh, his own life on November 21st, year 2020. Um, and this is his story. So basically, um, Daniel never smoked during high school, but after he graduated about a year later, he was introduced to uh, marijuana by a couple of his friends that he used to hang out with. By the way, my son lived with me almost the entire time until he took his own life. But um, he started experiencing some uh, mental acuity after smoking marijuana a uh, year after graduation. And um, I kind of ran into the product in his room because like I said, we both lived in the condo that I had. And I asked him, you know, this is not a good thing to use because it causes uh, uh, kind of like uh, it 
affects the judgment part of your brain and it's just not good for you. So we kind of argued a little bit and he stopped using it. He told me, mom, I'm gonna stop using it only because you told me to. I said, okay, fine. I just, I'm just worried about your mental state of being. And everything was fine. A few years went by, about 2018. That's when he had his first episode, New Year's Eve. And, uh, and it didn't even dawn on me that that's what it was. And I knew he was uh, using the vape pen product of marijuana, which was readily available at any dispensary. And um, that's when it dawned on me that something is wrong. It's probably this product. And I threw everything in the dumpster and I told him it's not a good thing for him to use. So he stopped. But then by 2019, it got really bad. Uh, it was uh, Thanksgiving of 2019. He was just panic stricken. He was just mentally disoriented, just shaking. And um, you could tell he's, I, as a mother, I could tell he's not himself. He was just panic stricken, biting his fingernails and to the point where they were just bleeding. It's just um, saying gibberish. Uh, like almost like he was hallucinating. And then I did the same thing. I threw the products in the, uh, in the uh, dumpster and I told him this time I'm putting you to a rehab. So we talked to his psychotherapist uh, with his father. I mean, at that point he was having a full blown hallucination. Like somebody moved my car, you know, people think I'm weird. It's like, nobody thinks you're weird, Daniel, you're you. Nothing has changed, but that's neither here nor there. He was just having a total mental breakdown. We, I put him through the rehab center called La Ventana in Thousand Oaks. And um, they basically had emphasis on medding people, like give them medication to like antidepressants or anti-anxiety. Uh, no emphasis on addiction to marijuana. So he was fine for a few months going through that. And I could tell the difference. It was like day and night. I'm like, wow, what a difference. But then a friend of his from high school came back into his life and she was a full-blown marijuana smoker. I could tell because they would come to my house, go to Daniel's bedroom. The smell was permeating everywhere. And I warned him, said, Daniel, you can't go back, especially after having finished the uh, rehab session for four months. Oh, no, mom, it's not me. It's only Jalen. But I could tell his mental acuity is just declining bed by bed. He was going back to hallucinating. And then, then all of a sudden he decided he wants to move out and move in with his friend, one of his best friends, almost like a brother to him. And they did, and it was great. Everything was fine. He was more independent. He was working. And the whole time, actually, he was working since after high school. He was a manager at the theater. And then by towards the end uh, 2020, he started working at the uh, Senior Citizen Assisted Living Facility that opened up here in Oakmont as a technician. And um, he loved it at first, but they had a change of management and I don't know, between smoking marijuana and stresses at work, it just got worse and worse. So towards the end, he was just having panic attacks and, uh, you know, and it, was, it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. 
so the morning where he came to my house and that's where he actually did the deed, he, um, I was texting his best friend, John, also his roommate, and John was studying to be a nurse. He actually is an RN now. And he was, uh, John texts me that Daniel wants to go back to rehab. And um, well, I said, okay, let me talk to him. And when I entered the room, there he was. Uh, I wish that uh, it, it is my belief, it is my 100% belief that if my son hadn't put that vape pen, that product in his mouth, he would have been alive right now. You know, people say, they're always oh, just the herb. And by the way, he was saying that too. Mom, it's just the herb. He never liked drugs, narcotics. He didn't even like alcohol. But oh, it's just a herb. Uh, and I'm like, no, hon, it's not, you know. And I'm like, why are you even doing this? Oh, mom, it's just to get the edge off or so I can sleep. So it was pretty benign from the get-go. But then look at the end results. I'm like, Daniel, if you're trying to get the edge off, it's not working. It's not working. Look at you. You're like, you're having a total mental breakdown. And he was right before my very eyes. And I would tell him, you're breaking my heart. You know, this is, this is not good. And um, he said, mom, I need to make some changes. I had no idea that's what he was talking about. And that's what he did. So that's my story. That's our story. My son, Kevin, was a talented writer. He was a classical pianist and a straight-A student with a wicked sense of humor. He started using marijuana when he was 15, thinking it was cool. He started with casual use and ended up using high-potency THC many times a day. Slowly, the joints turned into bowls, and they transitioned to shatters, dabs, and concentrates. Addiction just crept up on him. My wife and I had no idea that today's high-potency THC is nothing like the marijuana of our youth. Kevin didn't realize that what he called medicine was giving him cannabis-induced psychosis. Voices in his head were threatening him, berating him, and making him angry. The few times he stopped using cannabis, his mind cleared. But he had cannabis withdrawal symptoms of anxiety, insomnia, headache, and depression. The pool of addiction was heavily imprinted on his developing brain. He chose marijuana over work, sports, and friendships. He went broke spending his money on cannabis. Kevin took his life on August 14th, 2018. He was only 29 years old. The last articulate words he said to me were, cannabis has ruined my life. His life ended and our lives will never be the same. And Kevin's memory and to help hundreds of other cannabis grieving families, we started a group, we actually Zoom uh, meetings, their support meetings, and now we have over 850 uh, members. We have uh, weekly meetings to support each other. I wish we knew about the high potency THC and the risks of the products, these cannabis products. I wish I knew then what I know now. Thank you. I'm Lori Robinson, and I'm going to tell you the story about my son, Shane Ryan Robinson, who lost his life at age 25 on January 13th, 2012, to suicide 
after two separate episodes of what today is called cannabis-induced psychosis. Um, I sent a letter to all of the California legislators why I think a warning, warning labels are just so important. They're really a mandatory um, piece that needs to be added to all the marijuana cannabis products out today. Um, I am the founder of Mom Strong. I represent Mom Strong. It's a nonpartisan, non-denominational support group that we founded in 2016 to educate parents about the harms of marijuana. I did so because my firstborn son, Shane Robinson, suffered two separate episodes of psychosis from using, quote unquote, just THC marijuana. Unfathomably, he took his precious life on January 13th 2012 at the age of 25. These terrifying mental illnesses have happened to many of our vibrant, healthy, and beautiful children after they innocently began using marijuana. Like most of this generation, young people today don't think of marijuana as a drug. They believe it's a harmless herb. My son had a wakeboarding accident and surgery Intolerant to prescription pain meds, Shane turned to quote unquote medical marijuana. For my son, using marijuana caused an overnight descent into the terrifying world of mental disorder disorders. Even though Shane emerged from this, it's called a schizophrenic-like state, and I'm quoting Sir Professor Robin Murray, King's College London, London the foremost schizophrenic researcher, he calls this condition of cannabis-induced psychosis exactly what it is, a schizophrenic-like state. My son was progressing well until his suicide, which was completely unforeseen, shattering our family and Shane's many close-knit family, friends from childhood. How on earth do these brain assaults from marijuana keep happening to our children in the year 2022? My son died a decade ago. Every time a new parent reaches out to me, I feel that pit in my stomach when they find out it didn't have to happen. Why didn't my son or I know? Where are the warning labels? Where is the public health awareness? Why aren't the red flags flying? Even bona fide pharmaceuticals provide warning labels for safe use of medications. The truth is, legislators, there is no test to determine whose brains are the vulnerable ones. It's a game of Russian roulette. Our kids never knew by using these pot substances, they might damage their healthy brains, and in some cases, irreversibly. If only we had known. It's too late for my son and countless other young people who have succumbed to the consequences of high potency marijuana which in the scientific literature is defined as greater than 10% THC marijuana. But it's not too late to spare others this fate. Please, hear our parent, please. So in July of 2011, I left Jolo and my uh, youngest daughter, Julia, to come here to the United States. So in 2014, Jolo and Julia migrated and joined me here in the United States. And this time he's doing already accounting, ac accountancy in the Philippines with, with 
real good grades and he's almost on her his internship when he has to you know say goodbye to his friends in the Philippines and so just in one and a half years he finished all his associate degree in business he graduated also with 3.6 average despite working 20 hours uh, a week and he was invited by Teta Kappa P to be their honorary member and he got a 2500 scholarship for his uh, first semester uh, in Cal State University where he moved and this time he has to move out from from us from me and Julia so he stayed at the dorm and Jolo is big actually meaning he's heavy stocky he stands like about 5'8 but he weighs 200 maybe 40 pounds and so and then after you know like a month or two I noticed he's losing weight and but he's very alive he's he feels so good but I asked him you know uh what is he doing to lose weight he said he goes to the gym at super you know like long lengthy time at a lengthy time and which I being a mother you know like he, he doesn't do that you know he he doesn't have the energy to do that you know he loves to eat and things like that and he loves to sleep he loves to just listen to the music so he told me that he started using marijuana um it gives him like the the inspiration or the mood to exercise that's what he told me and i could see yeah okay especially when he he is dressed up he looks so good he lost like about maybe i think maybe 30 pounds and then he told me that marijuana is you know natural marijuana is is uh say uh helpful uh it's organic and then he told me all these dif different kinds and it's legal for him because he's 21 years old uh but me that time i was working in a drug and alcohol rehab center so I know I'm meeting, you know, I've been meeting and talking, you know, face-to-face -to, -face to, to, to our patients with addictions. And uh, I am, I, I just warned Jolo that I hope you're not going to be my patient someday. You know what I'm trying to say, right? Uh, oh, what, what he just told me. I'm just using marijuana. I'm not doing heroin, cocaine, or or not even alcohol or meth or other things. You know, it's just to to set up his mood and it's safe. That's what he told me. Mm -hmm. First quarter of 2018. So that was around six months since he left us. He called me. He said that he just got out of a psychiatric emergency 
uh, facility, which is also within the, the campus. And he sounded very, say, troubled. I rushed to him and then though he's still looking he's still looking good but he's very like timid and he just wanted me to be by his side he doesn't want to talk but he wants me to be just by his side so and then we went to a place uh like the point Fermin park and he asked me to you know video him so he's walking he's he's something like that so which is very strange to me but uh, knowing Jolo, he doesn't also want to be to be interrogated, you know, plus we are in a different community already or culture. I learned from that uh, talk also that the visit in the psychiatric facility was a 5150, which was his first. He said he remembers not sleeping for five nights after attending uh, a festival, a Coachella festival. And in that festival, they took marijuana. That's a, plus uh, the energy drink. And then I asked for his hospital record. Then the only chemical substance that was, uh, that I saw being a nurse also in the Philippines, is THC, nothing else. And I picked him up and we went to Vegas because he wanted to stay at his uncle's place. And his uncle promised him to, to you know, to refer him to his job, to a job in a casino where he works. But same night, that same night he was, I was alerted by the by the security in the casino saying that asking if he is my son and he is not allowed to enter the casino. So we talked and then he said, yeah, he, he smoked marijuana like a few hours ago. That whole night was terrible. He's like being exercised. It's so scary, but he's like murmuring and his body was like stiff and it's like he's, he's performing a ritual or something like that while he's in bed. So I just keep on following him wherever he goes in the room and I didn't allow him to uh, leave. Of course, I realized he's having hallucinations. I went back to California. We all drive. He was at the passenger side. He keeps on saying that somebody's stealing us and we need to hide. So that's the start of like accepting, me accepting that he is sick. And that's because of marijuana. The following day, I made a call to the cops. So he will be declared on 5150 because he's trying to uh, hurt the dog who is our pet actually they took him and then he stayed involuntarily for 72 hours and he was formally diagnosed uh, with having schizophrenic episodes due to marijuana 
slash or to substance then slash marijuana use and again for another time i checked the the laboratory results and it's still THC that's the only thing in his system and because of this i was fired from my job because i've been to taking care of jolo because of his unpredictable episodes i will suddenly call out even like last 30 minutes I told my bosses about what's happening, but I think they didn't believe me that marijuana is harmful. They themselves didn't believe me or they're not convinced. My, of course, uh, that's the start of super, you know, financial hardship. And then I lost my car. I lost my apartment. And I have to stay with my aunt. And I asked, my ex-husband to get Jolo for the meantime since he is not allowed where I am staying because it's a 55 plus over community and but I make it a point to see Jolo every day and then after just eight days of staying with my ex-husband's place Jolo had another episode this time he doesn't have THC in his body my ex-husband and his daughter gave him THC, thinking that it will calm him down. He became worse. That's what happened. And that's this time I sent him back to at the ER of uh, JFK Hospital. Like after two weeks of non, not having episodes, we all think that, okay, he's okay as long as he's not going to take it again. But he said he misses school and then, you know, he knows what to do. So, yeah, we took chances. I drove him back to the university, same dorm, same room. But a month after that, he's dead. He just committed suicide. And according to his roommate, earlier that day, he just woke up saying that he's going to kill himself. He's going to kill himself. It's like all over, like repeating, repeating from 4 p.m. up to the time that he committed suicide. So he just jumped on a running car along, along a certain highway in, you know, just outside the university. And But according to the driver of the car, that Jolo jumped onto his on right at his, you know, right in front of the car. So that's Jolo's story. So I lost my son. That's it. I miss him every day, of course. I'm Michelle Leopold, and I am the voice of my son, Trevor, who will forever be 18 years old. Um, and I do believe um, his cannabis use is the main reason why we are why he is not here with us anymore. Um, he started smoking pot in his the end of his freshman year, and I knew immediately that Trevor's drug use was different than my friends who smoked pot in high school or college. I saw him being violent when he was coming down and always looking for his next high. Uh, I immediately did all sorts of research to find out what the heck this uh, monster 
marijuana, if you will, was. And I even assembled a website called My Kid Smokes Pot. Now what? You can Google that and see what I found. But what I found is that Today's marijuana is not just pot. It is a high potency drug, especially if it's beyond the 15% THC that uh, is supposedly the what the medical marijuana is supposed to be, but that the dabs, shatter, butter, and wax, the concentrates of THC, first of all, have nothing to do with the actual cannabis plant except for the THC that is contained in them and they can go up to 99% THC and that's what grabbed a hold of my son's brain um, he was in and out of several rehabs uh, from ages 15 to 17 and uh, his main diagnosis was cannabis use disorder he was not addicted to meth or to heroin. He was addicted to marijuana. And that is something that I wish more parents knew about, that you can get addicted to marijuana. And one in six young adults uh, who are under the age of 25 do get addicted to marijuana. And that there is such thing as cannabis-induced psychosis and cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. It's not just pot. My beautiful boy um, was in and out of five high schools in his 18 years. Um, he was accepted to Sonoma State uh, here in California. And sadly, on November 17th, 2019, he took one pill that had an illicit amount, uh, a lethal amount of illicit fentanyl in it. And he died in his sleep from searching out his next high. Um, but he wasn't addicted to the oxycodone that he thought he was taking. He was primarily a marijuana user. And he was experimenting and the marijuana was what I do believe sent him down this road and ultimately, sadly, ended his life. The one thing that I want to emphasize is he was a wonderful human being. He was so loving and kind and his friends would tell you that he would give the shirt off of his back to people at his memorial service we heard stories of him buying sandwiches for the homeless in the Haight-Ashbury in San Francisco um, he really cared about humans except when he was in the grips of his disease um, he was addicted to marijuana um, but it was more when I could see how it was affecting him was when he was not using because he was violent. Um, my beautiful, loving, sweethearted child actually hit me, his mom, who 
He ended every single conversation with, I love you, mom. Um, except when he was on drugs and he literally hit me so hard one time that the grasses, glasses flew off of my face. Um, this isn't just pot. Um, Trevor experimented. Um, and I understand that he experimented with all sorts of different drugs, but he kept on coming back to marijuana, given that there's plenty to experiment with in just THC products. Trevor, uh, I do understand, did use high potency THC. I'm not sure if it was wax, shatter, butter, dab, I don't know, but I know he did experiment with that. Um, his drug of choice, as far as marijuana went, was moking. And that is when you take marijuana and tobacco and you put them in a bong and you smoke it as you would a bong, except if you Google moke um, or moking on YouTube, you will see that most people either vomit the first time that they moke or they pass out. It's horrific what it does to your brain, but he had acclimated to a higher level of potency needed to hit the high that he wanted, that that was, I understand, the summer before he, uh, before he went to college, I understand that moking was his preference. And um, yes, he did experiment, but marijuana was the main thing that he experimented with and kept on going back to. <sighs> So I keep on saying there is no word for a mom who has lost her child. There's widow and widower, there's orphan. But what I feel literally can't be put into words. And I am now Trevor's voice because when he was in his active addiction, it wasn't my story to tell. But now it is my turn to share about this beautiful boy who loved nature, who loved his dogs. He loved skateboarding and snowboarding. He loved his family. He loved playing cards and dominoes and dice with us. And he's not here. So it's my turn to share and hopefully prevent other people from feeling this pain that literally has no word to describe it. Heart-wrenching stories that are becoming too common and yet still unrecognized. I was recruited into the issue of addiction by parents who were fed up. They were fed up that their children were dying of opioid prescriptions and they wanted to know why. Why were doctors prescribing so much? That was before an awareness was made by the medical community about the dangers. When I first started speaking up, educating, doing research, I was accused of being not compassionate. At that time, compassionate doctors were prescribing more opioids. I vowed to make a difference, to make amends of my profession that made a mistake that cost people's lives. Now I see history repeating itself. I now meet with parents, very similarly, whose kids died or have a mental health problems because of marijuana. It is time we follow the science and public health 
over addiction for profit. Thank you to hearing their story. May this testimony bring a blessing to the memories of those who died and healing to those who are still suffering. Thank you for listening to High Truths on Drugs and Addiction, where national experts bring you facts and answer your questions. This week's episode would not be possible without the generous support from our sponsor. A sincere and warm thank you to Isaac, the International Academy on the Science and Impact of Cannabis, doctors educating on the harms of marijuana. Visit IsaacOne.org, I-A-S-I-C-1.org, to view their medical library translated for public understanding, listen to their speaker series, and follow the science. Our producer is Dave Rivas from Davey Boy Productions. I am your host, Dr. Ronit Lev. We hope we brought your day a little bit more high truths. Thank you.